So I've spent most of the last year living with a pregnant woman. She's in the cry room right now. And thinking about this, it occurs to me that pregnancy is a pretty good image to help us understand this season that we're in, the season of Advent. And not just because we're waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but because pregnancy helps us to understand the unique nature of this time. It's a time of what I call already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. And here's what I mean by that. So our son, Ephraim, he was born about a month ago. He's pretty cute. You ought to see him. But he's been part of our lives a lot longer than one month, right? From the moment that my wife found out that she was pregnant, it had an effect on us. Our lives changed because he was already with us. Now, in truth, he was actually with us from even before that. Right? From the moment of his conception, although for a while, before we knew it, his presence among us was a secret. It was hidden. But he was truly there. And that's why the Catholic Church has always been against the sin of abortion. Because just because a person is small or unnoticed, it doesn't diminish their value before God in any way. God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So we value and we protect life at all stages. But that's not my main point. To get back to my main point, once my wife found out that she was pregnant, we began to already respond to our child's presence in our lives. Even though we couldn't see him, even though we couldn't hold him, we didn't even know if he was a him yet or a her. We had no idea who's in there, who's in there. But things started to change for us in very real ways. My wife had to change her diet, just ask her about it. All of a sudden, we had so many more doctor's appointments on the calendar. The furniture in our house changed. We got a bassinet for our bedroom. And as the pregnancy progressed, my wife's body began to visibly change. All of our plans for the future, our thinking about the future, changed to now include this new member of our family. And then came the day of his birth. Now we can hold him. We can look at his beautiful little face. We can smell his scent. We can hear his little cries. And we celebrate the birthday as a day that we finally got to meet our child, even though he had been with us for nine months already. He had truly been there with us, but now his presence is made manifest to us in a new way at his birth. And that's what I mean when I say pregnancy is a time of already, but not yet. He's already with us, but we haven't yet really met him. And I think that's a perfect image for this season that we're in now. Not, not just liturgically in the season of Advent, but really the age of the church. The age of the church. Liturgically, in Advent, we're looking forward to the celebration of Christ's nativity when we celebrate his birth at Christmas. Now, that's a historical event that's taken place in the past. So Christ has already been born to us. But during this time of Advent, we, we place ourselves in that time before his birth, that time of waiting and anticipation and longing. So Advent is kind of a season of already but not yet. 
But Advent also directs us to anticipate that second coming of Christ. And that's not yet occurred in history. That glorious day when God's faithful from every nation will be gathered into the new and eternal Jerusalem where we'll live in peace and justice and glorify God forever. We haven't arrived there at that day yet. And yet, it's already among us. It's already here among us. Because in truth, that day has come, but it's come among us like a pregnancy, hidden at first, but really and truly present, even though it hasn't been fully manifested. Because even though we can't see it, it's here, and it has an effect on our lives. Like pregnancy, it changes us. We have to respond to it, or at least we should. We should. This pregnant time in the world began with the incarnation, when the Son of God entered into the world through a pregnancy in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And even though Christ has ascended into heaven, in fact, he's never left us. He's still here with us today in the church and in the sacraments, most especially in the Eucharist. He's present with us, even though the full glory of his kingdom is not yet fully manifest. He is here. And while we wait for the second coming, you could describe the universe as being pregnant with Christ. We're pregnant with Christ. And maybe that's why St. Paul describes the world as groaning in labor while we wait for the second coming. We're in that time of already, but not yet. And so just like when a couple is pregnant and expecting a child, we ought to change our lives in response to this one who is already with us, but hidden. Like I said, when you're pregnant, you change your diet, you change you know, your routine, you rearrange your home, your schedule, everything changes in response to this little one that's with you. So those of us who wait for the second coming of Christ have to also prepare. And this gets us to our gospel reading today where we have to, we're called to make low the mountains and fill in the valleys and do everything that we can to make straight the way of the Lord. What does that look like? What does that mean in our lives? Well, mountains are obstacles, right? Ask anyone who's tried to build a road around here. Mountains get in the way. We have to make low in our lives anything that is getting in the way between us and God. Chief among those things would be sin. Sin stands between us and God, especially mortal sin, serious sin. We need to make low those mountains, and we do that through repentance. That's why St. John the Baptist makes straight the way of the Lord by preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. We repent of our sins. We turn away from them so that we can turn back to God. We go to confession, receive absolution, do our penance. That's why we have uh, confession penance services during the season of Advent to make low those mountains of sin in our life. But other things can become obstacles between us and God, even good things, if we give them a place in our lives that should rightly be held only by God. We're called to love God before all else. And so we can make a false idol of things like our career 
or our hobbies, or even relationships, good things, if we make them number one in place of God. So maybe lowering those mountains doesn't mean getting rid of those things, because as I said, they're good things, but giving them their proper place and making sure that we give God his. And what about filling in the valleys, right? We fill in the valleys, these low places, by filling in what's missing in our lives that would make it easier for us to reach God, to make straight his path. What might those things be? Things like prayer. Who couldn't use more prayer in your life? Do we need to make more time for prayer? Do we need to take our devotions more seriously? Have those daily check-in conversations with God? Studying the scripture. Maybe the low place in your faith life is ignorance of God's word. Devote time studying the scripture, praying with it. Reading the catechism so you have a greater understanding of the teaching of our Catholic faith. Taking advantage of adult education opportunities here at the parish. Father Paul's restarted the donuts and dogma in between the masses. And we're getting quite a few people from after the first mass to stay late. We're struggling getting you guys to come early. I encourage you to do that. There's some good conversations happening. It's a great way to take advantage of these adult education opportunities to fill in that valley maybe, that we have in our lives. Or maybe the valley in your life that needs filling in are acts of charity, acts of compassion, acts of love, mercy, and forgiveness that God calls each one of us to do as we love our neighbors. But this is the life of a Christian. To make low these mountains, get rid of these obstacles that stand between us and God, and fill in these valleys, fill in our lives with these good things, things of real value, to make straight the way of the Lord during this age, this pregnant age of already, but not yet. As we live fully aware of God's presence here among us in the world, but nevertheless looking forward to a more perfect realization of his presence in the world to come, where God will complete this good work that he's already begun in Christ Jesus. So while we wait during this time of already but not yet, may our love increase ever more and more, and may we discern what is of true value so that we may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ.